I'd like to ask you to please uh, turn with me in your Bibles, if you have them with, uh, to Deuteronomy chapter 30, verses 11 through 20. Deuteronomy 30, verses 11 through 20, and I too will keep the talking short this morning, but I am not going to sing what I'm about to say, so can't compete with Sam. Um, we've been, uh, like I mentioned earlier, we've been in the sermon series here at Ivanrest looking at the presence of God uh, throughout Scripture. And this text, I think, ties in well with the uh, professions that we've just heard and also with that theme. And uh, so this is Moses speaking to the Israelites right before they enter the promised land. And we're going to reflect on this together a little bit this morning. So Deuteronomy 30, verses 11 through 20, and this is what the text says. Moses is speaking, Now what I am commanding you today is not too difficult for you or beyond your reach. It is not up in heaven so that you have to ask who will ascend into heaven to get it and proclaim it to us so that we may obey it. Nor is it beyond the sea so that you have to send somebody across the sea to get it and proclaim it to us so that we may obey it. No, the word is very near you. It is in your mouth and in your heart so that you may obey it. See, I set before you today life and prosperity, death and destruction. For I command you today to love the Lord your God, to walk in obedience to him, and to keep his commands, decrees, and laws. Then you will live and increase, and the Lord your God will bless you in the land you are entering to possess. But if your heart turns away, and you are not obedient, and if you are drawn away to bow down to other gods and worship them, I declare to you this day that you will certainly be destroyed. You will not live long in the land you are crossing the Jordan to enter and possess. This day I call the heavens and the earth as witnesses against you, that I have set before you life and death, blessings and curses. Now choose life so that you and your children may live, and that you may love the Lord your God, listen to his voice, and hold fast to him. For the Lord is your life, and he will give you many years in the land he swore to give to your fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Brothers and sisters in Jesus Christ, I know someone um, who didn't really want to go to college. Um, just wasn't her thing, wasn't something that she was interested in, wasn't something that she really wanted to do. Her grandpa, though, really wanted her to go to college. And being a pretty successful businessman, he decided to make her a deal. Go to a four-year college and graduate, he said, and I'll buy you your first house. Now, she still didn't want to go, um, but that's a pretty hard deal to pass up, right? And so she had a choice to make, skip college, but lose out on the free house, or go, even though she didn't really want to, get through it, and also get a house. I'll suffice it to say she ended up going to college. Um, in a similar way, the Israelites have a choice in our text this morning, too. In fact, I'd say it's a much more uh, important choice to make than simply going to college or potentially getting a house. And that's because it's the choice of whether or not to live faithfully before God. You see, like I said, we've been going through the sermon series the last couple of weeks looking at the presence of God among his people. And so we've seen God come and be present with the Israelites at Mount Sinai when he called them into his presence right after the exodus from Egypt. Um, then we saw how he came and he actually dwelled among them in their camp as they made their way throughout the wilderness in the tabernacle. And then last week we saw how God came to permanently dwell with his people in the promised land of Canaan uh, in the temple that they had built for him. Here in this text, though, 
actually just before they entered the promised land, we see God give the Israelites a choice. Like I said, Moses is speaking here, and in essence, what he's asking the Israelites is, is this going to last? God is living right in your midst right now, and he's going to move into the promised land and live with you there, but is it going to last? Are you going to be okay with God living among you? Are you going to live, actually, like he's right there in your midst? Or are you going to live in ways that ultimately make that impossible? Because if you do, if you sin, and you bring that sin into God's presence, then he's not going to stay in the land with you. He's not going to keep dwelling among you. He's not going to keep extending his presence to you. And he's not going to let you stay in the land without him either. And that's the crux of the matter here in this passage. That's the tension of the promised land. That's the choice that the Israelites have. They can either live in the land with God's presence in ways that honor and glorify him, or they can live in ways that don't. But if they don't, then the result is going to be that they're going to lose his presence. They're going to lose his protection, and ultimately they're going to lose the land that God has given them. That's the trade-off. That's the choice here. Live like God's people and enjoy his presence and the relationship that goes with that, or don't and lose it. And those seven of you who professed your faith this morning, and you all kind of scattered back out there, so I don't even know where all of you are, but you actually have that same sort of choice. In fact, you've made that same sort of choice this morning. After all, that's part of what profession of faith is. It's choosing whether or not you're going to live as God's people whether or not you're going to honor and glorify him in your life, whether or not you're going to live your life in a way that's consistent with everything that you just said up here that you believe. That's part of what profession of faith is. And the seven of you have said that you will. You are going to live that way. You will live as God's people. You will seek to honor and glorify him, and you will live in a way that's consistent with what you've just professed up here. And all of us here this morning are incredibly thankful for that. But as you go forward with that decision, there's something that I want you to remember. I want you to remember that even though you have chosen to live as God's people today, the fact is that God actually chose you to be part of his people long ago. That was actually the same for the Israelites, too. Moses sets this choice before the Israelites in this passage. Live as God's people and enjoy the blessings that come from that, or don't, and then deal with the consequences. But what sort of gets lost in the equation of this text is that regardless of which decision the Israelites make, God has actually already made his before this passage. And that's because, as we saw a few months ago when we were doing a sermon series on Exodus, God has actually already redeemed the Israelites before this. He's already rescued them and set them free. He's already saved them. Before Moses ever puts this choice in front of them in Deuteronomy, right on the cusp of entering the promised land, the fact is that God had already chosen the Israelites to be his people. He had already led them out of their slavery in Egypt, and he had already brought them to himself. In other words, he had already chosen to be their God before they had a decision to make about whether or not they wanted to be his people. And the same is true for the seven of you who professed your faith this morning. The fact is that God has been working in your lives long before this day. 
through his Holy Spirit, he's been forming and shaping you, nurturing and encouraging you and leading and guiding you to this point where you could stand up and say, yes, this is my faith. I profess that I believe in Jesus Christ. I believe in God. I believe his son is my savior and I want to live my life for him. In fact, that's actually true for all of us here this morning. We're given a choice. Will we live like God's people or not? But the only reason why we even have that choice in the first place is because God has already chosen us. He's already made his decision. As Christians, we call that the gospel. It's the good news that we have in Jesus Christ. For the Israelites, God's choice for them looked like him leading them out of their slavery in Egypt long before they had ever done anything to prove themselves to him. In fact, if you know the story, then you know they do pretty much everything possible not to prove themselves worthy of that redemption. For us, though, God's choice looked like Jesus dying in our place on the cross long before we ever had the opportunity to prove ourselves to him either. And again, as we've heard in the creeds this morning, all of us as sinful people continue to do things not to prove ourselves worthy of that redemption either. And yet God has still given it to us anyway. And that's what I want you seven this morning and all the rest of us gathered here too to remember. You've made a choice for God, yes. But the fact of the matter is that God already made his choice for you long ago. That's his grace. We call it grace because it's a gift, because God gives it to us without us even deserving it. Thank you for receiving that gift this morning and for sharing it with us as well and the ways in which God has worked in your lives. And thanks be to God also. Amen. Will you pray with me? Lord God, it's a wonderful thing to see the ways in which you work in our lives to bring us to faith in you, to help us live as Christian believers. Lord, we thank you for these seven young people and the ways in which you've worked in their lives through so many different relationships, through family and friends, parents, through relatives, through coaches and teachers, through mentors. Lord, continue to make your grace operative in their lives. Continue to lead and guide them by your Holy Spirit so that they may continue to be witnesses to you and your gospel good news all the rest of their lives. May that prayer be true of all of us here this morning as well. And we pray it in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen.